what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far, or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. What episode is this? Uh, I put it in the notes already. 83. Wow. 83. June 14th, 2019. Episode number 83. It is. There's a, there's a race this weekend. I can't wait. We're gonna get, we're get a new one. We're going to get to that in a second. Um, b- before we get into the race, what else has gone on? Well, last weekend I was at Lima, yeah. where the Ohio National is going to be, but it was for the 34th annual four-wheel jamboree. So wait, there was a Lima event, there was a Peoria event since we talked last, but neither yeah. of them are our national events. Right. So I don't, I don't, I didn't actually see what happened at the Peoria races because I was so busy. I just heard there's one big hump instead of the step up jump or the two tier jump they were calling it. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that will uh, evolve and if they're going to change it for the national. And uh, I didn't really hear any of the results at all. Yeah, well, in, uh, we talked a little bit uh, about a few days ago, and you said something that all you really saw was the comments about the the jump. I. I didn't even see that really. I, all I saw was an apology from Peoria about they actually posted something saying, sorry, we hear the feedback about the jump. I guess they didn't have time to prepare. Or what was it? They didn't have time to do what they wanted or they'll make it right for the national later this year. That's all I really saw. Well, I think part of it is because all the rain that has been there, and yeah. it's hard to move that much dirt. I mean, I know Caterpillar's located right there in Peoria. Caterpillar's a huge sponsor, but mm-hmm. it's still, you got to get the equipment. You got to get it all the way down the hill, get it into the track. And with soft, muddy dirt, you can't just drive across the track. And I'm not making excuses. I just, I like what they said. I like they stepped up and apologized. Yep. And uh, we'll see what happens in August when we go there for the Grand National. I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be something special. You know, I think that it's just the fact that it, it has been what it is for so long that people are used to that, right? Like if, if Peoria, if that was the first time anybody had seen Peoria, there, there wouldn't be that conversation. But uh, I don't know. I think it, they'll definitely, it was cool that they acknowledged it. We'll see what they do before the, uh, before the race in the fall. Absolutely. So uh, I'm super excited about the race this weekend, though. It's a brand new track at New Hampshire, at Loudoun, New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway. You probably went there with NASCAR, didn't you? Several times I've been up there. They're, the racing fans are pretty pretty intense up there, I, I, and the, they would always pack it out. Like New Hampshire Motor uh, Motor Speedway was always packed for for NASCAR races. You know, they had, did two a year. I think are they doing one now? I don't know how many they have a year. I think they cut it to one at some point. But the fans up there are pretty intense. I don't know much about motorcycle fans up there, but I mean they are racing fans. They modifieds. You know, they like their NASCAR. Well, the, the motorcycle racing is not new at this track. They used to road race on that same course. Okay. But now, it, this this flat track is built outside the, the speedway. It's a quarter. It's a true quarter mile. It's very, very flat. They're calling it the flat track, and it's at that. They're gonna have some built-in fans because it's during the Laconia Bike Week, which is the oldest running motorcycle rally in the United States. I I think it's the 96th running. Uh, so there's already fans going to be there. Hopefully they'll come around and check out the motorcycle races. That's going to be cool. How far is that motorcycle rally from the track? Do you know? Uh, it's all all in that area, all around Laconia. It's the Laconia Bike Week. So close I'm not enough. Sure. I've never been up there myself. Yeah, super cool. close enough to get some some people to come check it out. So That's super cool. I'm super yeah, I'm super excited about it. Uh, that brings us to our preview for the race. Yeah, this one's up for grabs. I mean. I think it's going to take somebody that's that's smart with their notes, a good mechanic to try to figure out the gearing before they even get out there and go to work on the track. So it's a true quarter mile, so it's, it's probably going to be the smallest you know short track that we have on the circuit this year, and it's very flat. So so far, some of the tracks we've been to are have been banked. So it's all new. So. I think it's going to be kind of an equalizer. It's like any other short track racing too, no matter what it is, whether it's you're in a car, whether you're in on a bike, it's, it's, you muscle your way in there too, right? There's going to be a lot of bumping, a lot of banging. Won't be, they won't be going fast. They won't be going slow. It's whoever's willing to muscle it in there, maybe bump a few people out of the way. It's going to be a fun race to watch, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Rubbin's racing, but. <laughs> You can't really rub bodies like a car. So you kind of got to go in there and muscle your way in there. Maybe not take somebody down, but go in there, show a wheel. And if you, you shock somebody, they'll lift up, and that's that's how you make the pass. You don't have to necessarily go in there and hit somebody. Elbows, I too. Be, I mean, right? Like there el- will be some yeah. elbows. There will be some contact going on. I know some of the short tracks I got done racing, my whole left number plate would be covered in black. Really? Because of the front, front tires from other people. Yeah, it's just incredible. Oh, wow. 
and you don't think about how close that is, but that's yeah. somebody else's front tire running right there beside your left leg yeah. and rubbing on your fender and on your left number plate. So that's what short track racing can bring. It's a whole new element. It's going to be really quick lap times, you know, only a quarter, quarter mile around. Uh, it's going to be fast and you got to get a good start. And, uh, we'll see, we'll see some good racing. I promise you. The very first national I ever saw in person was the Daytona short track. So like, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was my very first, you know, I saw, I I saw some racing in Portland at the one moto show before I even saw a a grand national, but that was my, that was my intro into flat track. Um, so I, I definitely am excited to see another short track on the circuit, a new one at that, right. Where there's a, there's a lot of fans up there. So I I think it's going to be an all, all around good race to go to, to watch, to be a part of. And, uh, we'll have some stories I'm sure after this weekend. Yeah, I think so. And you bring up the Daytona short track. The old Daytona short track actually raced around a football field, so it was a true quarter mile. So that's going to be about the same size as what we're expecting to see here. So that's a good point you bring up. Cool. And uh, I love short track racing, man. It's it's uh, everything's right in front of you, and everything happens in a hurry. So we talk about it every week, and you know we're usually talking about miles, talking about half miles or TTs. Who's uh who's strong on these short tracks? He's, I mean, Sammy's not afraid to throw it in there. I mean, could he be up in the mix this week? I think so. I think, you know, they both, both the factory Harleys had mechanicals near the end of the, the red mile. I think they've gone back to work. Uh, Sammy's always good on a short track. Slamming Sammy. That's where mm-hmm. he got his name. Racing on short tracks. Growing up in Castle Rock, they have a short track and a TT there. He's not afraid to go in there and rub with somebody else. Um, I also got to throw Henry Wiles in the mix. He's very strong. He was a wrestler in school. He goes good on short tracks and TTs. He'll be up there. And then, of course, we can't count out Jared and, and Briar. You know, they're always up front. Um, you had an interesting uh, you had an interesting dark horse pick for this race. I do. I, I really like Bugs Pearson and yeah. he's he's uh he's quiet. He's he's making every main event. He's running, you know, near the front, probably top ten almost every week. And if the track gets rough, and I don't know what the track's gonna do, but if the track gets rough, he'll shine. If yeah. the track you know, is challenging. He'll shine, and and he's not afraid to go in there and rub shoulders with anybody either. He's kind of like a Brad Baker in that sense. When the track would get crazy, Brad could have rough his way through it. Um, and I do. I think he mentioned something about being excited to go to Laconia. So it might be interesting to see what he does this weekend. Uh, you think he'll finish with a podium? I would love it if he got a podium. Yeah. Actually, I'd love to see him get his first Grand National win. I mean, Absolutely. he's been trying for such a long time. He's one of my friends. I mean, they're all my friends pretty much. I don't not get along with anybody out there, but just to see. The effort that he puts in and his team now is putting in, and he's been doing it for such a long time. I'd love to see him get a podium, but I think I'd love to see even more if he'd get his first win. What about on the single side? Who who do you think is going to be pushing Man. their way up there? It's going to be it's going to be a dogfight for sure. Yeah, that's it's going to be very challenging. I think you know you got to go with momentum right now, and I think Mikey Rush. Mikey Rush has won Grand Nationals on 450s. He's he's always went good at the Daytona Short Track. I think this is right there in his wheelhouse. And I said wheelhouse, that's right. And I think it's going to be right there. And uh, Mikey Rush is my pick to win, but, you know, Gautier, yeah. so strong. And he'll go in there and rub with you, too. He's not scared of that at all. He's got a couple of short track victories already to his credit. He's won the Daytona short track before. He's won the Atlanta short track twice. Yeah, and Bromley, he's, he's, he's going to be in the mix, too, with, with, with his size. He's probably got a little bit of an advantage, too, you think, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, the biggest thing with Bromley is he's – you know, he gets bad starts and he has to work his way towards the front or he starts in the second row and has to work his way to the front. So he needs to qualify well and he needs to get a good finish in the heat race and then a good finish in the semi to try to start with these guys so he doesn't have to make up as much time. I think he can definitely win this thing as well. It would be interesting to see what uh, what Ryan Wells does here, what Jesse Janish does here. Ryan Wells did some hill climb. Did you see that? That was crazy. Yeah, that was really cool. He wrote some great big Yamaha MT-07 that was in a motocross stretched out, you know, yeah swing arm and everything and it, it sounded really good and you know for ryan's first time to go up a hill climb like that i mean my hat's off to him he gave it an effort and he's trying to cross pollinate get some of those yeah. fans to come check out flat track and and i'm sure it's gonna work because i'm sure they're like who's this guy and why is he crazy enough to do this <laughs> maybe we should go check out what he normally does it's all two wheels right um and and we're all part of that community and, and family for sure so why not yeah so we're a little bit excited about the race, but I thought it might be interesting to go talk to uh, somebody who's actually from New England, like up in that area, who's uh, kind of excited about the race, too. Do you know a guy by the name of Matt, Matt Beland? 
Matty Bland. Yeah, he's a cool kid. He's an up-and-comer that uh, has been getting faster and faster. He's from a player in Brooklyn, Massachusetts, so not too far away. Not only is he solid, uh, he's an up-and-comer. Uh, he, he's gone pretty well on the short track in Springfield, and uh, he's won a few championships at some place called Square Deal. What is this? What is this? It's the Square Deal Riders. It's in Binghamton, New York, and that's where a lot of the fast guys that grow up up there in the in the northeast that's a lot a lot of them ride up there really if you can win two 450 championships up there you must be pretty good you want to give him a call and see what he's up to before the weekend yeah let's check it out give him a holler hello is this maddie b land number 88 uh yes it is hi scotty what's up (laughs) how'd you know it was me i mean how do you uh, mistake that voice? I don't know. I mean, I, people mistake it all the time, but I'm glad you recognized it. Yeah, for sure. So so we got a, a motorcycle race uh, up in kind of in your backyard this weekend. Um, are you excited about it as I am? Uh, I can't even explain how excited I am. It, I get to sleep in my own bed. It's awesome. How far away is it from your house? Exactly two hours. Okay. So tell me this. I've never been to Laconia Bike Week. I've gone to Sturgis almost every year of my life, and I've gone to Daytona at least the last 11-plus when I was racing, so probably 20 times I've been to Daytona. So what can we expect at Laconia Bike Week? Um, a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> it's, okay. it's, um, it's, it's very similar to um, a Daytona and a Sturgis. It's just a little smaller. Okay, and is there good riding up there? Is that how the you know is that how the rally started? Because it's the oldest running. I think what is this the ninety sixth you know rally? So is it because of the good riding up there? Is that why everybody comes up there? Yeah, we have a lot of mountains up here, and, and especially right now it's really green and everything's you know really sprung out. So uh, I'm assuming there's great riding up there because I don't actually ride on the road, but everybody that I know that has a road bike says it is. So are you as excited about this brand-new track as I am? I know you're excited about the race coming up there, but what about a brand-new track? Is that, I mean, you got to be pumped up about that, too. I mean, I'm both pumped and a little scared of it because nobody's ridden it. And uh, the thing about having a home race is usually you have an advantage, but I am excited that it's a short track and it's new, so that's also cool. You know, when I was racing, you know, there there used to be a Grand National that came to Oklahoma City on the half-mile back when I was racing, and... Just something about being close to home, it makes you feel like you're at home, and it gives you a little extra confidence. You're a very good short track rider, had decent finishes at the Springfield short track. What would it mean to you to, say, get a top five here? Oh, I mean, the world. I mean, I could probably finish racing right there and then. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be it. That'd be the highlight of your career, and hang it up. Yep, hang them up. I got gotcha. you. So a flat, really, really flat track. Are you used to that? Most of our tracks have a little bit of banking. I know the Daytona short track was really flat, but do you race on flat, flat surfaces very much? Yeah, um, up here in uh, New England and New York, where I mostly race, uh, we barely have banking. So um, I'm actually excited about that. I mean, I don't know what the dirt's going to do yet, but um, I'm hoping we can just pitch it sideways and you know scrub speed on the flat. Okay, so you got a full-time job and you go to school, so is... Is flat tracking just a hobby for you right now? Um, that's that's what I like to call it as a hobby for sure. Um, I wish it could be more than that, but uh, I'm just re- realistic about it. Um, and um, I'm just thinking ahead. Uh, I'd really like to have a degree and a career. So. Okay. What are you studying at school? Uh, mechanical engineering. Okay. What are you doing for work? I'm a junior mechanical engineer, so it all makes sense. Oh, right on. So it's like an internship. Yeah, yeah. It's like a paid internship for sure. That's, a, yep. that's awesome. So any chance of racing full-time in the future or just a, just a hobby for you? I would love to. If I keep getting better and better um, and if I get more help it, to make it possible, it'd be great. But I'm definitely, I would definitely would not um, turn it down if it was a possibility. Right on. Have you been watching all the races on Fans Choice and NBCSN this year? Oh, yeah. I keep up with it. Right. Too. What do you think about your competition? Those singles, those riders are putting on some of the best racing in that class you're going to be in. I know. It keeps getting harder every year. I don't know what's up with that. Right, huh? <laughs> it's it's really becoming more of uh, an equal class to the Twins, even though um, some may disagree as far as uh, the competition goes. But um, I'm just real excited about racing a bunch of guys that used to race in the, 
the big boy class that came down. Right on. Are you going to be racing any more races? Like is Springfield Short Track on your uh, on your calendar? Oh, got to do that one. Right. Got to. You got your own bike? Or are you riding for somebody else? Yeah, I got my own Honda, and it's uh, it's a teal Honda. It's not red, so everybody's really? gonna be able to see that pretty pretty easily. Yeah. That's cool. You know, yeah, uh, Tyler. Tyler Bearman, he rode something that had some teal graphics on it at the X Games last year, and I just thought it was the sickest-looking bike out there. Oh, yeah, you'll have to check this one out this weekend. I'll have to do it on my pit walk for sure. I'll try to make sure I get by the singles. Most of the time I end up on, you know, just starting with the twins, but at the Red Mile I start in the back and work my way further back. So I'll try to find you for sure, and I'll be looking for the big number 88, right? Yeah, 88. Maddie, we look forward to coming up to your neck of the woods and uh, look forward to your home track race. And uh, thanks for catching up with us. All right. I appreciate the call. Thank you. That's super cool. I thought it was a good idea. I think it was good, cool to talk to him. Um, I didn't. I knew nothing about Matt Bland, but now I know that he's going to be racing a badass teal bike this weekend that I'm going to be looking for. Number 88. That's right. Number 88. Yeah. And it's Maddie Bland. He, M-A-T-T-Y, that's his nickname. I think we talked about that a long time ago, me and him, and we just he wanted to be different. So I was yeah. like, how about Maddie? Oh, Maddie boy. So there you Maddie go. Maddie Beland. Love it. Number 88 in the singles class. No, that's awesome. It's always good to talk to people that uh, might not make it to every race, too. Yeah. What? That's my teal pen. Oh, that's your teal pen. Look at that. That's yeah. fancy. I'm, re- I'm ready. I'm going to take it with me this weekend. You should. Um, it's good to talk to those riders that might not make it to every race or might not make it you know, on, on the podium every race, too, because you know we may be hearing their name in the future. We may do a whole episode with Maddie, you know, after he podiums or wins the Springfield Short Track or this weekend. Who knows? Yeah, I was going to say, we might be talking to him next week. That's crazy. what happens. I mean, yeah. it's, it's anybody's game. That, that, that singles class is stacked. But anybody can win. Yeah. No, it's uh, so looking forward to this weekend, looking forward to see how that program grows. I like the short tracks. I like watching the short tracks. And I like new tracks. So it'll be fun to see how it all comes together. Uh, wish everybody the best of luck this weekend in New Hampshire. Well, you like new tracks. What if we talk to somebody that promotes the one of the oldest tracks on the circuit? Little, oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. you see what I did there? It's like mm. we planned it this way. No, we didn't. Like, it just kind of came together like this, didn't it? Segue. Um, yeah, I think that's a great idea. This is someone that uh, we've been wanting to talk to for a while as well. Uh, she's uh, She doesn't even race anymore, but a lot of people know who she is because she's still involved in flat track heavily. And, and she used to get some of the loudest cheers when I was announcing, like, Back in the day, I would do more announcing in the center of the race. And like if I did Steve Nice races, it didn't matter where I went. Nicole Meese, back then it was Nicole Chesa, would get some of the loudest cheers out of anybody that I ever, ever announced for. Yeah, I, I never got to see her race, unfortunately. When I came into the in, into the sport, she had just uh, just hung it up, I think. But uh, but I've definitely heard her name, definitely seen a lot of footage of her racing. Um, and she was a badass from what I'm what I'm understanding. She uh, she could whip it around with, with, with the best of the boys out there. So that's, that's yeah. pretty impressive. On the big bikes. On the big XR750, she was backed by Black Hills Harley-Davidson for a while, Global Products. Scotty Parker actually helped get sponsors lined up. Uh, that's how that's how much people believed in her. Yeah. And she held up to their name. I mean, she, she rode hard for them. She was always, uh, you know, it took her a couple of years to make her first Grand National Main event. I was there that night when she made her first main. And it's just so cool to see people's dreams come true. Yeah, it's badass. I, uh... I mean, she's one of the most, arguably. I mean, you could you could debate debatable. She's one of the fastest women to ever throw a leg over the bike and and, and ride and flat track. Her uh, her husband, arguably, you know, you could debate it too. One of the fastest guys in, in current age to to throw a leg over a bike. Um, pretty cool to hear both their stories, what they're doing on the motorcycle, what they're doing off the motorcycle as promoters, um, and you know, mom and dad now recently. So uh, I always like hearing from her uh, and hearing her side of things. I don't know. You want to give her a call? Absolutely. Let's call up the racing lady from Clio, Michigan. Is that her nickname? It sure is. The racing lady? Yep. The racing lady. I like it. Dialing now. Hello. Hello. What's up? It's this is Nicole. It is not. It Who is like, it then? Sounds like Thunder. Thunder McAfee. Anybody but me, in, ladies and gentlemen. Thunder. Man, are you in the house. What are you doing up there? Just finished up some dinner. I didn't get invited for dinner. Are you in Michigan? I didn't get invited there either. 
Man, we had Man. fish tacos. Jared made mahi mahi tacos. There's avocado in there, beans. It's pretty good stuff. They don't have mahi mahi in Michigan. Come on. Thunder, you know you just made this week's episode, by the way. <laughs> Excellent. You're going to come on eventually, too, at some point, right? Sure, man. Hey! Talk flat track. I love it. Go fast, turn left. Dude, you've been putting out some amazing content in the past three or four days, I'm just saying. I love it. Yeah? You guys enjoyed the banter? <laughs> I, what that's I, I want a t-shirt. Yeah, my oh, daughter yeah. wants a t-shirt, it, too. That's actually the number one reaction to the videos. It's been, uh, just where do I get one? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Including me. I heard he wanted to figure out a way to make money off the deal. Yeah, he went straight to it. Haters gonna hate, he's going to the bank. <laughs> Cha-ching. He's been uh, kicking my butt, though. We have a friendly competition. Is it friendly? Competition going on with mountain biking and uh, riding and all that. And uh, it's been a little bit rough this week. My legs are still recovering. Who's eating the most roost? Uh, me. I gotta admit, but uh, yeah, we've just, we've had an interesting week and uh, it's been fun, man. This guy's in shape. I guess I gotta say it. <laughs> that guy that sounds like a bear behind you. Yeah, I think I just died a little bit, but yeah. Oh man. <laughs> you know, it's hard to hard to give it up to him, but uh, yeah, he works hard. But he's definitely in shape. He's got some thighs. <laughs> a little too much information. Yeah, what's that? You guys want me to send you a pic? No, we're good. We're good. We're good. What's up with you guys? How are you guys? Good. You know, we're just trying to record some stuff and then uh, get on the airplane and fly to New Hampshire. I know. Yeah, I'll see you there. Uh, you guys looking for Nicole? <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what we called for. Oh, are you, are you, is, that, is that whose phone I'm on? Are you screening her calls? She was busy with Hayden, so for the moment, I think I am screening her calls. Okay. I'll take a I'll take a thunder cameo any day of the week, buddy. I feel honored, guys. I appreciate it. It was fun. It was a so, pleasant surprise. So, did, you know, you and Hayden have the same birthday, right? I know. Yeah, we've been high fiving all weekend or all week. I knew. I, I figured it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're when you're coming up here to film and be in the Mies household, you're gonna you're gonna get some Hayden time. So you. Well, uh, that's good, right? Might as well do the birthday comparison, and now we're high fiving. We're buds. Uh, just as of today it took, took two days warm up but I'm in right on now you're hired full time babysitter hired. yeah and Nicole just offered me $10 so she could run off for an hour I'm like that's eh, about right <laughs> that's the going rate <laughs> that's the going rate for Thunder that's the going rate for Clio, Michigan <laughs> Clio, Michigan what's up guys not much how are you Nicole I'm doing pretty good Did, how are the tacos they're good it, it's only it, because my touch was added to it. That's what I was getting ready to say. I was like, I know Jared can't be just the only cook up there. I know you had to have done something. Yeah, he he's good at cooking fish. I'll give him that. But it was because of my cilantro and onions and, you know, all the good stuff. There you go. Now, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so you ready to jump in this? Okay, I'm good. Hello? How are you? I'm great. What what have you been doing? I haven't. Uh, I guess I haven't seen you since the Red Mile, and uh, you know, it, we kind of had a weekend off, so I kind of lost track of you. But what you been doing? Not much. Just getting ready for Lima, being mom. You know, doing all those fun duties and uh, trying to keep these boys in line. Yeah, I heard you had some company over the week. Some some crazy <laughs> guy from Florida came and hung out with you guys. Yeah, he's like good at filming or something. I don't know. That's what they claim, anyways. I think they're just good at goofing off. Every time I see them, they're out there riding bicycles or motorcycles or, ch- you know, chasing dirt or something. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but, yeah, I think they're better at having fun than they are at working. Probably so. It sounds like a job I'm going to have to get. <laughs> well, let's jump right into it. I want to get to know Nicole Meese. Actually, it's Nicole Chezza when I first uh, met you. And uh, let's jump way back to the very beginning. So where were you born? I uh, was born in Flint, Michigan, and raised in Clio, Michigan, which is just about 20 minutes north of Flint. Um, so I guess, you know, came from the flat track country, as they say. Um, you know, Scotty Parker, Jay Springsteen, um, all those guys are from around here and showed us how it was done, and I kind of decided to follow in their footsteps. 
So when you're born and you live in Flint, Michigan, do they just put you on a motorcycle right when you come out of the womb? <laughs> you know, my dad actually uh, grew up racing motorcycles, uh, and his brothers did, and his father as well. So uh, I guess it was just kind of in the blood. And um, I, you know, my dad took me to all the races since I was itty bitty, and I fell in love with it. They got me my first motorcycle when I was three, and I guess never looked back from that time. Uh, started out motocrossing because that's what my dad grew up doing, and then. Uh, jumped into some flat track races because he was good friends with the Cummings family who housed a lot of good riders, you know, Kevin Atherton, um, Will Davis, and a few others. So uh, we just jumped into the flat track scene, and I kind of took to it and felt really comfortable on the motorcycle. Uh, so I did both for quite a while until I got on 125s, and my dad's like, all right, this is too expensive. What are you going to do? Do you want to go flat tracking or you want to go motocrossing? And um, I guess the, the adrenaline and speed and um, I guess competing against the guys all the time was something that I really enjoyed. So I decided to uh, go into the flat track scene, you know, in motocross when I was younger, they were starting to create a male's class and female's class. And, um, it wasn't that I couldn't race with the males. I often raced both classes, but um, I felt like there was kind of a little bit of separation there, and I didn't want that separation. Um, if I was going to go out there, I wanted to go out there and be the best of everybody, not just females or, or males. So, um, you know, that kind of helped me make my decision to go towards flat track. So your very first race was a motocross. How old were you, do you think you were when you raced your first race? Um, I was four and I also actually, I think before I raced my first motocross race, I actually did some ice racing. Um, cause I got my first bike, a PW 50 for Christmas when I was three. And, uh, so I started off on the ice and kind of took to that and I, you know, swore I would never hate winters, but now I'm kind of getting a little bit older and not really liking the winter scene so much. So we actually go down to Florida for the winter, um, which is a nice change, you know, get out of the cold for a few months. Right on. Sounds like you had a pretty busy childhood. Did you do any other sports besides riding your motorcycle? Yeah, I actually was uh, a cheerleader. I didn't do, um, you know, like football sideline cheering, but I did competitive cheering. Um, I like to tumble and, you know, do stunts and stuff like that. So um, I did that for a while. I also competed in gymnastics for quite a while. And again, everything kind of fell on the weekends. And so my dad's like, okay, you're doing all this <laughs> stuff. It costs a lot of money. Which one do you want to do? And um, I guess racing was just in the blood. So I gravitated towards that. Right on. So um, tell us again why you chose flat track over motocross. I, I think just, you know, the adrenaline rush, the speeds were racing, you know, 100 plus miles an hour and um, were side by side. Uh, the other thing was, you know, that in motocross, when I was, you know, getting into 60s and 80s, they were starting to create a female uh, class and a male class. And um, I just didn't really like that segregation. You know, I wanted to be the best of everybody. And so I wanted to go out there and I wanted to beat the boys and the girls. So um, in flat track, they never, they never had that separation. They always, you know, there's one class you go out and race that class and whoever finishes on top finishes on top. And, um, that's what I really liked about the sport. Uh, another thing, you know, as I got older and developed relationships and stuff, um, the fans are a huge part of our sport and, uh, seeing the kids coming in and, you know, signing those autographs and things like that is, is really memorable it's it's definitely a family sport right on so when you were a kid besides the the people that raced in your family who who were some of the people you looked looked up to when you were a little kid um i'd say scott parker was a huge one that i looked up to um just because he was a family friend and um as i was growing up racing on the ice and stuff on pw50s i mean i have a photo with me on a PW50 and Scott on his XR750 out on the ice riding. So um, it's pretty cool when you're, 
you know, five years old, six years old, and you get to ride with a hometown hero like that. So um, he was one person that I really looked up to. I looked up to all the Hayden um, brothers. Uh, I got to race against a couple of them. They were a little bit older than me. So um, it was cool when they were at the racetrack and they would come over and be like, hey, you're really good at this, so you need to do this now so you can win this thing. Um, so they always came over and just gave, gave a little bit of a, advice. Um, and then Jay, he's he's a great guy too. And again, right here in the Flint area. Right on. So let's talk about your amateur career just a little bit. So how long after you started racing did it take for you to run up front? Um, you know, I always was kind of in that top five range growing up and, um, I won a lot of championships over in Canada. I started winning, um, and finishing in the top three, um, on 50s, 60s and eighties on the dirt track stuff. So pretty young, I kind of like had a niche for it and knew I could probably do something, but I guess when I was about 15 and started winning some amateur nationals and going for a horizon award and different awards like that, I was like, well, maybe I can really make something of this. So, um, that's kind of when I, I knew I was going to continue with it. Um, and Scott Parker again came in and helped me get some sponsorship and got me going on an XR 750. Um, at that time when he stepped in, I had one female athlete of the year against, um, quite a few other females, you know, against all trains of motorcycle racing, motocross, ice racing, road racing, flat track. So, um, that was a pretty cool award to receive and, um, kind of give you a good confidence booster. Um, and then in 2007, I got my first national number, uh, and you were actually announcing that race. And, you know, I had to run a semi against Joe Kopp and quite a, quite a few good guys. And I was pretty nervous and I was like, man, I just got to get a good start. And I got the start and led pretty much the whole thing. And, um, that was really cool to, you know, make my first national in 2007. And each year I feel like I just kind of got better and better, more experience, um, had more people coming in to help me and, um, prepare me not only physically, but mentally. So, um, just a lot, it's a huge learning curve, you know, being a female, everybody's like, Oh, you have an advantage. Well, in some ways I have a disadvantage because I'm smaller and, um, I feel like I had to work a little bit harder. So, uh, but there were things that were advantage, you know, that I took advantage of, um, with sponsorship and being the only female in the sport at the time when I first started. Now there's quite a few others. So it's cool to see that change in the sport, you know, how it evolves and how more females are getting interested, not only just in racing, but in road riding and play riding and all the other forms of riding. So tell me how hard was it for you to go from amateur to pro? I've, I've asked that question to a lot of people I have on here and, and the, the answer is usually different. So how hard was it for you to go from amateur to pro? Um, you know, being that they had a pro sport class, it, it wasn't super difficult because I was already racing a 450 as an amateur and I was already going to not necessarily pro events, but events with, you know, big money classes where some of the pros would show up to. Um, so I was getting to ride with other pros before I actually stepped up into the pro ranks. Um, I had quite a few people that came to me with different ride opportunities just because I think because I was a female um, and I was the only female at the time in the sport. And so it was a good opportunity um, for them and for myself. So I feel like I had a lot going for me. Um, Now to actually go pro and make my national number, that was a a different story. Um, It was pretty tough, you know. I think I rode for two years before I actually made a main event and earned my national number. And that was just me working on things mentally and physically um, to be stronger, to handle the big bikes, you know, the XR 750s from jumping from a 450 to a 750. Uh, the weight difference is huge. The way you ride um, is huge. The starting procedure is different. So 
it was just a big change and it took took some time to get used to so you rode the xr 750 i think even better than you rode the 450 so what was it uh, about that bike that that suited your riding style um i think i just got comfortable with it you know before I actually um, jumped into the pro ranks. I was able to go to Ohio and ride, you know, some money classes on the bike. And I was able to uh, go to Canada and race it quite a few times with some of the pros over there that used to race over here in the U.S., you know, Steve Beattie, um, Doug Lawrence, and a few other guys. So uh, I think just being able to get comfortable on the motorcycle, I don't know, I just, it just kind of fit me a little bit better, especially on the bigger racetrack. Um, on the smaller racetracks, I just struggled, and it wasn't whether I was on a 450 or a 750. Um, it was just, I guess, the riding style that I needed for the smaller tracks or for the TT tracks um, that I struggled with. So, and again, I think that's kind of where, you know, the guy thing comes in. They're a little bit more muscular and they can, you know, really throw the bikes around a lot more. Uh, when I got on the 750 and was on the big tracks, it was really easy for me to just settle into a groove and um, you get to hold it wide open more often. And I was just more comfortable on it. So let's talk about the day that you had your best career finish. It was September the 1st, 2011 at the Knoxville Half Mile, Knoxville, Iowa. So uh, tell me about that day, how important, and, and just walk me through that day for real quick yeah Knoxville is a really cool track it's um it was almost like riding a mini mile like down the straightaways you could kind of draft a little bit um it's a bigger track again like I said I I excelled on the bigger track um and I just got in a really good groove uh I think I ended up having a little bit of a bike issue and I dropped back towards the end just a couple of spots but again it was still my best finish um but it, I just felt comfortable all day long. Like no matter what we came in and did to the bike, it, I just felt better and better. Um, we didn't have to make a lot of changes. And I feel like even if you talk to somebody who's won 20 races, they can go in and say, I know when I'm going to win a race. Like I feel that comfortable from the moment we get the bike out of the truck. And that's kind of how it was in Knoxville. You know, we got the bike out of the truck. I jumped on it in the first practice and I was, fast from the get-go yeah those those days are are awesome when you can unload and, and just start fast right out of the box those uh, those days you seem to remember forever because it, it feels so good so that second that finished the seventh was the second best by a female in the premier class behind tammy kirk who finished sixth at the in 1986 did you even realize that when you finished uh seventh i didn't know um you know i i've had a few good finishes in the top 10 and um, when you, when you have those good days, you know, they, like you said, stick with you and, um, you know, to see another female do that, that's awesome. And, you know, I, my goal obviously was to at least have one podium, but we didn't quite make it there and, and that's okay. You know, I'm totally happy with the career that I had racing motorcycles. I had a lot of really cool other things happen, like winning a heat race at the Springfield mile and, um, you know, we got married at the Springfield mile and had a baby at the Springfield mile time. So <laughs> I've had a, so many cool things happen during my career. Um, not only with, you know, physically being on the motorcycle racing, but, um, on and off the track. So it, it's such a cool, memorable thing. And I hope more females, you know, don't give up on their dreams. Uh, you know, I've had some injuries and, some bad days and some bad finishes and I always kind of put it behind me and picked up and kept going and I hope you know all females and even males can do that it it's tough you know mentally to you know break a bone and come back and you want to be on top of the box again and um it just it doesn't work that way because you're you're down for a little bit and your confidence isn't there so um, rebounding back is always a, a hard thing, but, uh, like I said, you know, those good days make it all worth it. Yeah. So you made several main events, you finished in the top 10 and I think Nicole, out of any of the races, I've done a lot of grand nationals and I swear the crowd would cheer for you louder than 
pretty much they cheer for anybody else. How did that make you feel? Uh, that's a, a really cool feeling, you know. Uh, a lot of times we don't hear it because we're under the helmet, but uh, even just like when you're walking out to the main event and we're doing introductions and stuff, it's cool to to hear the support that you have from the fans. And to this day, I mean, I get people asking me, are you going to come back and race? And I always, you know, joke around like, ah, you, you might catch me at one of them. Um, <laughs> and you, ne- you never know, but uh, Jared, Jared's pretty against me going back out and racing competitively now that we have, have the little one. So um, it's cool that I still get to go to all the races and be around all the fans. And, um, you know, we get to bring our daughter into to the lives that we've lived pretty much our whole life. And uh, we're, we're just living life right now, having a good time and promoting races. And, um, you know, like I said, I still get to be involved. So it's a, it's a great feeling, especially that the fans are so involved in, um, you know, that they remember what I was doing, you know, four years ago now. So. Well, I think Jared doesn't want you to come back because he probably doesn't want to get beat by you. <laughs> That's right. I always tell him that he's just afraid to get beat by his wife. Right on. So let's transition into <laughs> Lima. You got your big races coming up here in, in just a few weeks and, uh, you know, not very far away. So what made it possible and why did you want to be the promoter of that race? Yeah, uh, the Indian Motorcycle Lima Half Mile, which is presented this year by our Johnny Case Indian, and it's powered by Drag Specialties, um, is a, a huge event. It takes place on June 29th, and uh, we're super excited about it. You know, every year the event gets a little bit bigger, and um, we put everything into it to make it even better than the year before. So uh, that event actually was has been taking place for, um, 35 years now, I think. And, um, previously to us doing it, Dean and Barb Gallup had run the promotions of Lima and, um, they were getting older and they were ready to retire and they came to us a few times and, you know, we think you guys would be great. You're young, you're involved in the sport. We think you guys should take it over. And we passed it up a few times and, uh, finally we're like, Oh, let's go ahead and try and see how it goes. And, um, you know, we, we love doing it. We love being involved in the sport, not just on the racetrack. Um, it definitely opened up my eyes and a whole new perspective, you know, being on the other side of the fence and, um, seeing all the motorcycles that come in for the event and all the vendors that we have and, um, you know, all the foods and drinks and all the other stuff that's, involved with promoting a race you know we we get a huge crowd and a lot of our fans have actually been coming for 30 years or more and you know they want their same seats every year so it's it's a really neat event and um one thing about our race that's really neat is that it's a cushioned half mile so um the dirt is very different from the rest of the racing circuit you know most of the races on our circuit are a clay half mile or clay short track. Um, and it oftentimes grooves up and you see one line racing at our race, you know, you're going to see four or five wide and, um, they're going a hundred plus miles an hour and you're going to see the dirt flying. So it's really unique. I mean, you even see some fans, I know you've seen it, Scotty, where, uh, they're wearing goggles, you know, on the side of the fence because they love the dirt to be in their face. So it's just a neat event all all the way around. Yeah, there's definitely some diehard race fans that stand right up against the fence, and they you know, put their hand over their beer, and they got goggles on. When everybody goes by, they'll take a drink and cover it right back up. It's, it's a really cool event to go to. So you always went really good there. So what does this track mean to you? Um, the track to me was, you know, I grew up racing cushions, so it just felt like home, and... Uh, to be able to race there and then, you know, take over the promotions of it. It's a really neat feeling. Uh, Jared also won his first national there. So um, I guess there's a lot of sentimental value uh, with the Lima half mile. Okay. So you guys have done a really good job and it seems like it gets better and better every year. You you know, your, your race day is flawless. I love how like every couple of rounds they send out the drags and it's, it's synchronized. They go out at the same time the water truck comes out and we get right back on the racetrack. So 
what has been involved in building the team that you've got? You know, how many people helped you out at, at these races and, and how hard was it to build this team? Man, uh, the race, you know, like I said, it's been going on for so long and there were so many, um, clubs and, um, schools and different things like that, that are involved in the event, you know, running the front gates and setting up food and all of that kind of stuff. And then we have, you know, our team that sells t-shirts and our team that, you know, sets up all the fencing and the signage. And like you said, we had some people that were helping us make drags, um, for the, for the event. So before we were making two laps, we had a guy this year, Craig Pickett, he helped make two more drags so we can make one lap so we can speed up the show even that much more. So it's just amazing how many people, um, you know, jumped on to support Jared and I, and also are just as involved as we are to make this event happen and, and go off without any glitches. Um, it definitely wouldn't have been possible without everybody that helps. And there's so many people that I can't name everybody, but, um, everybody knows who they are that comes to the race and, and puts on a, you know, good show with us, uh, since Jared is racing, you know, he doesn't get to actually be in the promotional seat, uh, the day of the event. So we hired Steve Beattie to, uh, come in and kind of play Jared's role. And I can literally like radio him up and be like, I need this done or I need that done. And, and he's on it. So, um, he's great at, you know, making sure everything's running smoothly and taking care of issues if there are any. So, like I said, there's just, so many people that are behind us a hundred percent and both of our parents have even, you know, jumped in and, and they support us a hundred percent. Jared's parents come from Pennsylvania and stay with us for most of the week and help us get everything set up and ready to go. And then the day of the event, they're all jumping in as long as well as my parents. So um, it's just great that we have so much support and, and we hope, you know, that it continues and we can do more with it. And, um, who knows, even down the road, maybe we'll try to put on another event. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'd love to see guys grab another one and add, add more races to the schedule. I think 18 is a little bit too short myself. Uh, I'm super excited about Dallas Daniels turning 16 right before your event. He gets to race Lima for the first time as a pro. What is something, or what are you most excited about for the 2019 race? Yeah, I'm excited about Dallas Daniels too. Uh, the kid's been on it riding every day. I mean, he's posting on social media all the time about the uh, things he's doing to prepare for the race. And I'm pretty sure it's Estenson racing who picked him up, you know, for his first race and for the rest of the season. So um, he has good backing for sure. And he's going to be one heck of a kid out there strong. And, um, you know, obviously I want to see Jared win the event. It's pretty cool to see um, a promoter, a promoter, win his race. So, um, but there's going to be a lot of strong competition out there, you know, Henry Wiles, uh, Briar bomb, and they all go really well on the cushion. So, um, I think Steven Bandiker is going to come out again. He, uh, raced last weekend in Kentucky there. So, uh, he showed up and was super strong for not racing in a few years. And, um, so it'll be interesting to see who, who comes out on top and who rounds out the podium for sure. Absolutely. So the last Saturday in June, we know we're racing at Lima. The Ohio National is what they call it. So how can people purchase tickets and find out more information about your event? They can go to uh, limahalfmile.com to purchase tickets, or people can come, uh, give me a phone call. Um, I'm the only one who answers the phone. Uh, you can call at 419-991-1491. And, uh, you know, I get it all the time. Oh you're Jared's wife. I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, wait, you used to race too. I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's cool to, you know, make connections with the fans on, on the other side of the fence. And, um, so like I said, give me a call or go online, limahalfmile.com and, uh, you can get your tickets in advance. They're $10 cheaper. If you wait till the day of the event, they're $10 more. So, um, try to get them in advance. There's camping at the campgrounds for 35 bucks a night. And uh, there's lots of hotels in the area, but they do fill up quickly. So 
hopefully all this rain is getting out of its system and hopefully everybody can make it out for a great show and we look forward to seeing everyone. That's super cool that you guys are involved in every level of the sport. And I really appreciate it. And I know the fans do too, keeping that Lima half mile going. So what's the future uh, hold for this event? Um, you know, we're taking it one year at a time, uh, but we hope to grow, keep growing it. And, uh, like I said, every year we, you know, ask fans for feedback and that sort of thing and just try to keep making it bigger and better and getting more fans there. Um, you know, it's cool to see younger kids coming in and um, the fans that have been supporting us for years and years. Uh, but the younger kids coming in, you know, it's cool to see them come in and, and see something new and something they've n maybe never done before and get them interested in the sport. Um, it's definitely, like I said, a, a family sport. It's a sport for younger, the younger generation. Um, and like I said, we have fans who've been coming for 30 years and, you know, they're in their seventies and eighties and, um, they love it just as much as the young kids. So like I said, we just want to keep growing the sport and, uh, growing our event. Sounds great. So did you, do you do anything right now other than promote races and, and take care of Jared and make sure he gets to all the races? I mean, is there anything that has your interest? I know you were a school teacher for a little while before, before you had your daughter. So what do you do for, what do you, what do you do for fun? What does Nicole enjoy in life? Um, I still actually really enjoy going to the races every weekend. I enjoy actually riding. Um, this winter was the first time I had gotten on a motorcycle pretty much since I was pregnant with Hayden um, and got to ride some motos with Jared. So that was really cool. Um, I enjoy, you know, going out with my friends and just hanging out, doing normal everyday stuff, you know, going to the movies and uh, going out shopping and things like that. Um I'm raising my daughter right now and, uh, eventually I'll go back into the workforce, but I don't know exactly what I'll go into. Um, I really like working with kids, so I may go back into the teaching profession. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what the future holds. Maybe you'll catch me on a motorcycle again. I was going to lead in my next question. Have you ridden one of those Indians yet? I haven't. So I think I need to get on one next time they go testing. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I, and invite me, too, because I want to come in and watch and maybe throw my leg over one because they sure look like a lot of fun. They do look like a lot of fun. And um, maybe we can put Jared to the real test. <laughs> what is that, trying to keep up with you? That's right. Yeah. I love it. So, I love it. So we're I always the joke with him that I do circles around him, you know, with keeping up with Lima and the baby and all he does is worry about training, so yeah. we'll see if he can oh. keep up on the racetrack. <laughs> yeah, all, all he's got to do is twist the throttle, and all you got to do everything else, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we're at the end of the episode where it's time for Graham's question. She was a big fan of yours when you are racing. She said that now that you're a mom, would you support Hayden if she wanted to go racing, and how far would you let her go as a racer? You know, we... Uh, we don't uh, want to push her into racing or we don't really want to encourage her to want to be a racer. Um, and I know a lot of people think that's weird, but it's truly already in her blood. You know, uh, Jared works on the bikes out in the garage and we'll be in the house and he fires one up and she's like, Oh, daddy, bike, vroom, vroom. I ride. So of course she got to put her, you know, clothes on and her boots on and she's out there and, uh, she wants to go for a ride every time. She just, she loves it. You know, she can pick Jared out while he's racing and, um, you know, we'll support whatever she wants to do. If she wants to be a racer, uh, we can't tell her no. I mean, I raced for however long, 25 years, um, and Jared raced, you know, his whole life too. So, um, it's definitely probably in, in her blood and she's been going to the races since she was three weeks old. So, um, you know, if that's what she wants to do, we'll let her pursue it. But we're definitely going to introduce her to some other sports and um, things and see if she chooses anything else. Right on. I saw a social media video not too long ago. It's, she was screaming, I want to go fast. And she was uh, <laughs> whining, I want to go fast, man. It was an awesome video. So I think it's already in the blood. Yeah, yeah. We, I, Jared said, Hayden, you're going to make me sell all these motorcycles right now. <laughs> so, um, 
she uh or she just yeah she loves it she wants to go fast all the time she never wants to go slow and man she's a little daredevil the other day we went to the trampoline park and there was this it was probably a you know block six feet off the ground or whatever and she climbed right up the ladder onto the block and jumped off into a foam pit like oh no big deal and just like holy crap <laughs> so um <laughs> definitely no fear right now so hopefully oh, that'll wow. change a little bit but i i kind of doubt it <laughs> yeah yeah sounds like she's got it in the blood i don't think uh, i don't think she has a choice you know you know mom and dad both some really fast motorcycle racers so we're at the end of the episode it's time for some rapid fire questions so tell me the first thing that comes to mind when i ask you the questions are you ready ready what's your favorite bike you've ever ridden Probably my XR750. Right on. Do you still have it? I have one. Okay. Is it, yeah, is it like that? You're asking me if I want to sell it, but I just can't part with it yet. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to hang on to that forever. <laughs> I still I still have my Rotax. That's the, you know, the last real race bike I, that, that I owned, and I don't want to sell it, and I don't, I don't think you should sell your XR either. Yeah. Hayden has to take a few rides on it at least, so. Exactly. So what's your favorite... <laughs> What's your favorite racetrack? Uh, I'm going to have to say Lima or Springfield. I really like both of them. Okay. Here's a trick question for you. So you, Shana Texter, and Tammy Kirk all line up on an XR750 at Lima. What's the finishing order? Um, I can't I can't really predict that one. I didn't, I didn't know Tammy Kirk that well, so I'm going to go with me, Shana, and Tammy. Okay. All right. I like it. <laughs> so, you, you know, I'm a numbers kind of guy and I knew you were 16X when I think I, when I first started calling you at the races. So why did you pick national number 15? Well, at the time, I'm pretty sure it was AJ Eslick was number 16. So I couldn't take that number. Um, and 15 was the next closest. So I went with that because I could do some cool things with the number five. Okay. I like it. So, Michigan or Florida? Definitely Florida. I thought I would never say that, but oh, I don't like these winters anymore. Yeah, right? I know. As soon as you move away from there, <laughs> you don't ever want another one. That's for sure. I learned that a long time ago. No. Yeah. So, so, your race is coming up in, in just a little bit. So, what's the best thing to eat at Lima? Like in the, in the vendor row or which concession stand or what's the best thing to eat there? I hear the chicken is really good, and we also have homemade ice cream that everybody has been oh, raving about. I haven't seen that well, yet. Now, now I've got a new venture. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go find some ice cream at Lima. Man, yeah, you got, gotta I, check it out. It's homemade. It's, it's delicious. My mouth's watering right now, Nicole. You're killing me. <laughs> you, you got two more weeks, Scotty. So oh, gotta hold it together until then. All right, I'll see what I can do. So, uh, what's your favorite place to watch the Lima Half Mile? Um, we actually have a wooden deck, and it's part of our VIP section. Um, it's going into turn one, and I like standing up there and watching because you can see the whole racetrack. Now, um, when I'm on the other side of the fence in the pits, I really like to stand right in turn one and one and two um, and watch. But it is difficult to see the finish from there. Right on. So do you have any VIP tickets left? Can somebody come stand up there with you? We do. We have a few VIP tickets left. Um, they are $100, but they uh, get you into that viewing deck. Uh, there's an air-conditioned room down under the grandstands with some food in it, and it also gets you into the pit area. I might have to sign up for so that. It's a, it's a good deal. <laughs> it sounds like it. Goodness. you Man, you're getting me all kinds of excited for the race, and it's still two weeks away. So... <laughs> My last question for you on the rapid fire is what are you most proud of? Um, just creating the lifestyle that we've created. You know, we um, both have been living our dreams of racing motorcycles professionally. And then uh, we started a family and um, we're still involved in the motorcycle world so much. You know, it's pretty cool that you can grow up doing something that you love and continue to stay in it and, um, it's basically both of our jobs, you know, working in the motorcycle industry. So, um, pretty neat that you can do something that you've always loved and that you continue to love. I love it. So we're at the end of the episode and it's time for you to say thank you to anybody. If you want to say thanks to anyone, go for it. 
Yeah, we just want to thank um, Johnny K's Indian and Drag Specialties uh, and Indian Motorcycle for being a huge part of our event and uh, keeping us going and um, making this event the best it's been to date. All right. No, no race sponsors to say thanks to? I mean, come on. The, those are Jared, our sponsors. Okay, I was going to say, Jared has a list of sponsors. I knew you'd have a list ready, and, and you took care of the ones that sponsor your event. I love that. So I guess I got yeah. one more rapid-fire question. Um, can you can you get Kenny Tolbert to come on the podcast? Everybody's been dying to hear from him, and he just won't answer my text messages. All right, I'll work on him. But you know what? He ignores my text messages, too. Okay, good. I don't feel so bad now. Thank you very <laughs> don't, much, Don't Nicole. feel bad. Oh, Even ignore man. Jared, so you know. <laughs> you don't perfect. want you don't want to ignore Jared because Jared will just keep calling and texting. So <laughs> right, right. So he has to answer Jared's. All right. Well, yeah, one day I'm just yeah. gonna one one day I'm just gonna have to call him up. Nicole, thank you so much for your time. I look forward to your event even more now than I did before. And I, uh, it's so cool that you guys are still involved in the sport, so deep and so heavy. And it sounds like it's just getting started. So thanks so much for your time, and we'll see you at Laconia. Thanks for having me, and we'll see you guys at the next round, and look forward to seeing everybody out at Lima. Another jam-packed episode, man. Man, it was a full one. It, it just, it's getting full like that the last few weeks. We yeah. had a couple of guests. I we, like it. We had three guests. We only planned for two, but we got that little Thunder cameo at the beginning of the well, Nicole Mies interview. Might, people might not know who Thunder is, but he does some of the greatest videos, and he's a video, videographer, I guess you should say. He's from yeah. Florida, and... Just a lot of videos for let's, AT. Let's be real. There's not a person out here listening to the podcast right now who doesn't know Thunder. Just saying. The dude is a legend. That's why he only has one name. Right. It's like Madonna. Prince. Thunder. Thunder. We need to have a Thunder episode, though. I was serious about that. All right. Let's do it. Now he might not be scared because now I got to see what it was like for just a little bit. He got a taste. Just, just yep. a taste. Are you ready for the flat track fact? I'm ready for the... Flat track fact of the week. Are we just going flat track fact? I don't know. I don't know, man. It's a flat track fact. Hit me with it. What you got? The last Grand National flat track was in 1936 in Swansea, New Hampshire, and was won by Hanford Marshall on a Harley Davidson. Old Hanford Marshall. What year? Everything was black and white back then. 1936. Old Hanford. I know Hanford. We go way back. Old Hanford Marshall. He's one of my favorites. I have no idea who Hanford is. Do you even know who Hanford is? I I do not. I know he was from New Hampshire, and he won that race on a Harley-Davidson. It was a 200-mile TT race. Is this a Burt Sumner fact? It sure is. He knows the stuff. I'm not going to challenge that one. But, yeah. Hanford on a Harley. You think a Harley's going to win this weekend? It has a chance. It has a decent chance. You think it has the best chance of the season? Uh, I think it does. I, I don't know. They're they're figuring things out. Sammy was really close yeah. there at the at the Southern California half mile. What a better so, what a better headline heading out of this weekend than Harley back on top of the box. I can see it. At a brand new track. At a brand new track. The question then becomes, is it Sammy or is it Jared? Either, either one. All right. Well, let's go figure it out. We got a, a few hours here for the rest of the day, and then tomorrow we race. I wish I was going to New Hampshire. I'm going to Pennsylvania this weekend. Mount Morris. Mount Morris, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Just go a little further and go to New Hampshire. I know it. What time do you get done Saturday? Probably around 5 or 6. Uh, that's about time. We're, we're, it's an early race. Did you see that? Yeah, I know. Earlier. I know. So I'm going to be watching it while I finish up the motocross stuff, just like I did okay. two weeks ago, watching my flat track while I'm finishing motocross. But I'm going to make it to one hey, before Carter. the end of the season. I'm going to make it to one before the end of the season, I promise. Are you going to wait until New York like you did last year? I don't know. I'm trying to make it work. The job doesn't want me traveling on the weekends now, so I may just have to peace out on that. <laughs> I was going to say, you can always quit that job. You were looking for a job when you got that one. <sighs> But I like it. Hey, Carter. What? Tell all your friends. What am I telling them? To listen to Off the Groove. Oh, yeah, that's right. Smash that like button. Smash it. And we'll see you next week. All right, man. Safe travels up there. Enjoy it.
All right, man. You have fun in Pennsylvania. I'll try. See you next week. All right, buddy. Talk, Talk to you next soon. Week. Talk to you. Right, we're talking over each other. Good. Okay. You, you go now. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Anything else? You want some more knowledge? I always like knowledge. Feed me. Feed me knowledge. So, the last AMA Grand National in New Hampshire was June 16, 1985. It was at Loudon, New Hampshire on the road course, and that was an AMA superbike race before the road racing series split up. And you can erase that if you want. <laughs> I like it. Well, dude. because they used to road race at the same facility we're going to, that's the only reason I dropped that one. I like it, dude. You know what? This is gonna be this is gonna be one of those things that after the music fades down, this comes in, and it's kind of like a little after the fact comment, like an afterthought. Yeah, if you pay attention, if you oh, if you go, if you go to a movie theater and right. after the credits comes the exactly uh, that's what blooper, this is blooper blooper reels. Yeah, so people right now are just either like annoyed by what we're talking about or they're loving it. And I think some people like the after comments, right? <laughs> I think I actually got a comment from somebody that says they miss the the banter after. So this is just for you, fan that commented that on social media. Perfect. All right, let's get out of here.